0: Yes, yes, this is The Return. It feels so good to be back, my friends, my friends, my friends. Brian Hardy here, checking in. It has been a little while since I've been on the microphone, since I've been putting anything out here, and um, many reasons for that, sorting through some challenging life situations, getting myself regrounded, reconnected. I'm re-inspired to keep redefining reality, and uh, I've got a lot to share. I've got a lot to share. I'm very excited for the upcoming season, and some of the guests that we're planning to have on the show, it's going to be phenomenal, but I just want to thank you for tuning back in. You've tuned back in. You're back here. Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you're coming back after listening in to some episodes in the first season. And clearly something is resonating for you clearly something is aligned and uh, resonance and purpose are what make for a fulfilling life so welcome 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 I've been off in the woods I've been all around it's uh, it's been a great journey it's been a great journey but what I want to talk about tonight is the reconnection the need for reconnection, and I don't know how long this is gonna go. This is just me flowing with what wants to come through. You know, it's like when you get to that point where you haven't been expressing yourself, and then all of a sudden, you no longer can even hold it back. Right? You just can't can't hold it back. Then you gotta let the the, the pipes flow. You gotta let the stream come forth. So that's what I'm doing right now. And um, I spent a week. I spent a week at a retreat called Vision Initiation Gatherings, and that was in association with a group called Eight Shields, a bunch of the facilitators, Sal, and Skeet, and Stu, and yeah, there was a whole amazing group of people, Um, Giovanni of Collective Evolution up at the Luminous Center, which you will be hearing more about as well, and um it was phenomenal. It was a phenomenal time to really, the whole week was focused on reconnecting to ourselves, to nature, and to each other. And how when we're, when we're connected, that's when we have the opportunity to really be human. That's where the spirit moves within us and speaks to us. And we're able to receive that and tune into that. And it takes a community, right? And the village mind, the indigenous mind, that was the intention for this week. And my intention was about initiation, to be initiated more fully into adulthood. Because I don't know about y'all, but I'm coming up on 26 years old, and because I didn't have a rite of passage or a ceremonial marking of my transition from boy to boy, to man, it's made for a lot of challenging situations and a lot of challenging learning and, uh, you know, second guessing of myself and not being grounded in myself. But, you know, nature heals. Nature heals and wisdom leads the way. And so I surrounded myself with these wisdom keepers, right? And I soaked it up and I contributed where I could And I learned what I could and I took copious amounts of notes that I'll probably be putting into a blog post or another podcast. But I just want to ask you, you know, when's the last time that you just sat out in nature with no external stimulus, no artificial stimulus rather, I should say no books, no music, no podcasts, no people, nothing and just existed and observed we call that the sit spot meditation and it's profound it's profound and it's profoundly therapeutic in that it reconnects us to a simpler way of being truly you know i was just at an event and he was talking about the you know the the crisis that we're in and people are Overwhelmed, right? We are overstimulated with Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Skype, telephones, you know, TV, computers, video games, uh, work, you know, living in very dense urban centers. So much stimulation, so, so much stimulation that uh, it forces us to become zombies, really, in order to deal with it. We have to ignore a lot of stuff. We have to ignore ourselves, No, ignore, ignore our own bodies, ignore ignore the people around us just so we can get through, right? Just so we can get through. And so we've got overstimulation. We've got over information, right? Too much information. And we've got a feeling of like a loss of control, right? And these things are destroying us, truly destroying us. And so... Is because of all that that I go out and do these things, that I go and connect myself to the earth, and I go and I meet people that are living on the land and that are doing things like biodynamic farming. That's another guest I want to have on. Or permaculture, right? Um, All these different things, all these different people. Uh, we got the Ubuntu movement popping up in Canada now, and they're making some cool stuff happen. I'm going to want to interview those people as well. So, so many good awesome amazing things are happening right and the tribe just grows stronger every day you know that's what this is about right it's wellness it's business it's the birth of a global tribe right and you're part of that by listening to this you are part of that so rejoice truly rejoice because it is a blessing it is a very beautiful blessing to be tuning into this and be co-creating this and you can contribute. You know, we need you. This movement, this world, we need you. There's so much happening these days. Light and dark and breakdown and confusion and breakthrough and harmony and getting back to the land and diving deeper in technology. All of these things are happening at the same time. And I'm looking around and I'm seeing people just, you know, breaking. People are not coping all that well. Some are. Some are definitely adapting very well and put themselves in places that are really opportune. You know, people that are doing the whole cryptocurrency thing and having that take off and just having abundance flow in through that. So it is happening. Don't get me wrong, it is happening. But a lot of us are lost and a lot of us are, you know, frightened, fight or flight surviving, just barely getting by. And um, that's not a way to live. That's not a way to live. And so we pray, right? We pray with our songs, we pray with our words, we pray with our minds, we pray. With our hearts, we cry out, right? When we have great need and we feel it deep, deep down into our hearts and we let that go, We share that out to others, to the creation, then it comes back. You know, then it comes back. And uh, you got to live your prayers, right? You got to live those prayers. It's not like you just put them out and some magic happens. You live into it, right? You create it. Become what you intend. Have the vision. Hold the truth. Hold the frame. Visualize it, feel it, you know, do all those things, and then step forward powerfully into it. Because that's where the change happens, and that's where spirit meets matter, and God meets human, or source, you know, whatever it is, that stuff flows out of us. And then, ooh, then transformation happens, and healing happens, and paradigms shift. Right, that's where it happens. And uh, I'm not going to go too much deeper. This may end up being an introduction to a deeper podcast, because there's a lot to talk about. Um, All I will say is that, you know, this re-indigenizing of the human race that I'm witnessing and actively participating in is, to me, it's some of the most important work we can really do. Because if we lose touch with this wisdom and with these cultures and with these life ways, then we have no security for if and when. It feels more like when, but for if and when our current system uh, completely breaks down. Right? If and when that happens, we need these ancestral life ways to fall back on. To revert to. So we can move forward, you know, slow down to speed up. Go back so we can jump forward. Quantum leaps. Quantum leaps. Small shifts can create big, big change. You know, small hinges swing big doors. And what are those hinges in your life? And what are those doors? You know, are you pushing against a wall thinking it's a door? If so, step back. You know, step back. Go to some teachers, whether that's, You know, the Nipi or the sweat lodge and the flame and the fire and the heat will purge it out of you, will purge the bullshit out of your system. Or Maybe it's some mushrooms. Maybe it's some fungal medicine. Maybe it's ayahuasca. Maybe it's peyote. Maybe it's LSD, you know, MDMA, whatever it is. If you have the intention and you seek with an open heart and an open mind, you will, I believe, get guidance and get clarity along the path. That's been my experience at least. But lately, it's been, you know, not so much on the psychedelic tip, although microdosing is awesome. And I do do that. And I do make amazing chocolate truffles that are infused with a little bit of magical mushrooms. And they are phenomenal. Uh, but, you know, it's not about tripping, it's not about being lost and escaping. It's about tuning in more, right? And how do I connect deeper? How do I tune in more? How do I dispel illusion in my life and have clarity come through? And then how do you live as a warrior, right? A committed warrior to the truth that is your purpose, right? Because we are trading our lives every single day for the activities that we get up to, right? And as the warriors of old would do, they were ready to die, Right, You better be ready to die for what it is you're spending your time doing. Because essentially you are dying each day. Every day is a day invested in one thing or another that you don't get back. So make it count. Right, Make it count. And if this speaks to you, if you want to get in touch with people that are on the land, that are building stuff that are rewilding, that are permaculture and community, cultivating, uh, you want to get into a sweat lodge, any of those things, then you got to get in contact. you got to reach out through Facebook, through whatever means necessary, email. If you need to be in touch, you will be in touch because there's a lot of big things coming through on every side of business, community, everything's being upgraded, right? There's no choice but to upgrade so that we can serve more people right? The more you serve, the more you deserve. The more you teach and the more you contribute, the more you earn. And the better life becomes, right? The more fulfillment we can derive from these days because that's the currency that I'm dealing in, right? Cash is cool. We need cash. We need to be prosperous and abundant to do things and to make shit happen, And to fly places and to build things and to buy stuff and to invest. We need that. It's very important. Do not guilt or shame yourself out of money. I have done that for far too long in my life. And uh, it's about time to leave that shit behind. And I invite you to do the same. But fulfillment is the real currency that I'm talking about. The deeper currency. Right? Fulfillment is what lasts. Regardless of the number in your bank account. Fulfillment will satisfy your soul and will nourish you on a very, very deep level. And uh, yeah, connection is the way there. Connection is the way there. So I'm going to wrap up. This is about 15 minutes of me ranting. I hope it's been useful, inspiring, challenging, whatever it's been. Uh, I just needed to really share this with y'all because Brian Hardy is back. I am back. And ready to redefine reality to a next level it's going to be good it's going to be good it's going to be more on the road more guests more topics more video right stay tuned for video check out the youtube you will find more content coming through on my youtube channel you will find uh my new programs that will be coming out but all that in time all that in time um if you want to connect, if you want to have a free consult, if you've been struggling with a health issue, if you want a second opinion, you want some perspective, let me know. Book a free consult through the website, right, BrianHardy.ca. Go over there, check it out, and uh, we'll make it happen. We will make it happen. And regardless if we work together or not, I will I will make sure that you are leaving that call with some actionable, valuable tips and uh, steps to get you feeling better and moving towards what is your version of optimal. And I just wanted to say that, you know, all these developments, all these things and insights have really led me to the direction that I'm really focusing in on now, which, you know, in addition to holistic nutrition and, you know, gut healing and all those things that uh, I really... You know was initiated into this path through which will always be a strong part of my journey i'm really you know fascinated by and committed to the whole embodiment and idea of holistic high performance right and all of this in my eyes feeds into that because we need to really know ourselves and we need to be connected if we are going to maintain and sustain Any sort of level of high performance and uh, if you're interested in holistic high performance or any of that stuff then you're going to want to check out the link to my Facebook group in the show notes because that is where I am putting more of my energy in terms of social media and sharing information sharing videos on YouTube and uh, keeping people up to date and now I will introduce you to this bit of a bonus episode that uh, is coming from a live recording I did with the Living Proof Institute. And uh, I'll include a link to the Facebook Live that we did if you, in case you wanted to watch it and follow along. Um, there is a bunch of stuff edited out, obviously, which doesn't really transfer to the audio only portion. Um, but there are some experiential parts so if by chance when you get to the part about fox walking you're in a time and place where it makes sense for you to pop off your shoes and get into the grass and start walking around then please do then please do and please follow along and see what that experience is like because for me it is uh, it's such a great tool for tuning in and reconnecting um, so that we can go back to our work to our family, to our relationships, to our lives, and be energized and focused and present. And so without any further ado, I'm going to uh, turn it all over to the Nature Connection workshop, and I will see you on the other side. Thank you, Sachin. Thank you. It's uh, it's an honor to be here, and I feel like this is, I was just telling the Sachin, if I were to have a show, this would be the set. It'd be off in nature somewhere with a giant big old tree and just gathering, you know, circling or sort of semi-circling, as humans have done for millennia. And uh, yeah, nature, nature connection, you know, connection to self, connection to something bigger than ourselves, spirit, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. To me, it's all sort of the same thing, right? It all works together and it all uh, feeds it's like a it's like a self-feeding perpetuating sort of relationship um, of connection and so it's something that um, and I'll just a little bit of my history so you know a little bit of where I'm coming from Um, so I've been in the wellness world and field for the past I guess seven years now Um, I got very sick when I was 18 years old my appendix ruptured And that led to all sorts of complications with digestive issues and scar tissue and bowel obstructions and hormonal issues and just the whole gamut of things Um, that really like, you know, was my wake up call to questioning what I was doing with my life. Like, how did I create this situation? How did I end up in this, um, you know, very unhealthy state? And that's led me on quite a journey. Um, Two things I'll just highlight are that when I was 20 years old, I spent five months in the Amazon rainforest um, with an indigenous healer at a retreat center. This was in northeastern Peru. And that was another very pivotal moment for waking up to the power of nature and the importance of writing our relationship to it and with it i mean we are part of it our western psychology likes to tell us that we're separate right that we're not that the environment is out there you know it's we go and recreate in the environment um but we have our civilized lives and we drive our cars and live in houses and uh you know don't deal with bugs or or temperature fluctuations or any of those things um that come with being outside right which is our natural habitat as human beings you know we're adapted for living Out here with each other. Um, And so spending that time in Peru with indigenous people really woke me up to that. And like these people seem very connected and very peaceful, and very happy, very, very satisfied with their lives and living very simple lives, right by our standards, very simple lives, but very fulfilled lives, right community focused lives, nature immersed lives like the amount of uh, intimacy and knowledge that these people have with their environment, with plants, with birds, with animals, with the various medicines that are around, just blew me away. It just blew me away. And so since then, it's I've just been studying and learning and studying herbalism and ended up doing holistic nutrition school back here in Canada. Um, and I've just continued along the journey, right, finding what are the ways that I can Primarily for myself, you know, feel better, have more energy, uh, feel more balanced, feel more connected, and then share that with other people, right? So I love what Sachin does with Living Proof, with this community. Um, And if you saw his journeys over to the UK about a month or two ago, you know, one of the biggest takeaways for the whole longevity question is community, right? It's not necessarily about what we eat or how we exercise. Um or the supplements we take, those are all important pieces. But it's about community, right? That's like the number one factor for really keeping us healthy and well. And I believe that that's because it fosters connection. Why is this important? Right. And I'm pretty sure she just answered that. Right. So we can live a long, happy, healthy, fulfilled life. Right. That's what it is precisely. And when you mentioned when you mentioned, you know, or when she mentioned, someone mentioned about, you know, I don't know how they would survive. And in terms of being like an actual human being, like you can be living, but I don't think you're actually being a human being, which is where most people are these days. And I've been there, I think we've all been there. Um, so in that sense, you're not really surviving, right? You've died. You've died to yourself. Yeah. And so I look at, especially like the younger generations, right? The kids that are coming up now that don't have that free roaming nature play all day with your friends in the sun disconnected that they, they don't have that and so we're, I mean we're gonna have a entire generation right that is from the beginning disconnected right so it's up to us I, I, I'm taking it on as my sort of life's work in a sense to help be a pillar for that be a champion for this and to hold that connection right to have elderly wisdom of the years of experience to be able to pass on to the next generation because we're more stressed now than we've ever been, right? No human beings have been more stressed than we are. Um, And so if we're going to make it through, I fundamentally believe that this is part of that. This is going to lead us through to create some sort of sustainable future, right? Some sort of more connected, uh, health-focused, eco-focused, um, like human-honoring, Earth-honoring future, right? That's the type of l- world I want to live in. I don't want to go down this crazy technological virtual reality, you know, route that we're going down. Um, so it's 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 a daily practice, right? And that's why this is important. That's why it's important to me. I imagine that's why it's important to all of you because you you've tasted the value, you've felt it. You know what it's like, you know, being inside all day versus being outside and going for a walk and seeing, you know, Colors and smells and flowers and wildlife—like there's just so much richness to it—that it is so good for us on every single level, right? Every single level of our of our being benefits from this time and from these connections. Um, and so, before we get into a little bit more, I want to just get us up and moving and get sort of the blood pumping, um, have a little bit of fun. But so, there's a modality called eccentrics which is a dynamic fusion of tai chi ballet and yoga so we're going to do a little bit of that we're going to get our bodies moving get our bodies activated and uh, get the energy pumping and i want to share with you guys it's sort of like a four-part meditative process that's used for nature connection i was taught this at a workshop called the spirit of herbs many years ago maybe five four four years ago now um and then I was reacquainted with it at a, at a retreat I was at two weeks ago, um, where we used the same sort of process. Um, and it's essentially to expand awareness, connect to the environment, and then sink into that more meditative place. Right? And I don't know about you, but I'm not big for just sitting and like you know, like a Buddha meditating. I need to work my way there. Um, but I, I much I do a lot better when I can walk and engage with the environment around me to cultivate that mindfulness and that awareness. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to start it off with what's called fox walking. So I'll get everybody up. This is going to be a sort of very interactive thing. And fox walking is a technique that was passed down from indigenous trackers. So these are people, typically men, who would have been able to completely survive and live in the wilderness. You know, that's their life and to be able to move without a trace, right? So they could go and spy and see camps and get knowledge and you know, be a sort of like the surveillance of, uh, of the day back there um, and hunt as well, right? So they were very, very skilled at moving through an environment and being silent and just blending right in. So fox walking looks a little bit like this. You're using your foot as a sensory organ, right? Our feet are incredible. Unfortunately, they're stuck in shoes which I call shoe prisons, uh, sorry, foot prisons, um, most of the time. And so they have a lot of capacity if we just express it and practice. And so as we walk, most of the time we're walking like this, right? Our heels are hitting. If you listen on like hardwood floors, it can be be pretty abrasive, right? All that hitting, hitting, hitting. And um, not only is that not great for our joints over a lifetime, but it is just kind of loud and, you know, obtrusive and aggressive. And so fox walking, what we're doing is we're, we're slowing down considerably and instead of just plowing forward with our heel, we're reaching out with the front of our foot and feeling for what's there before we transfer our weight, right? So that way, if there's a stick or a pine cone or, you know, a porcupine, or I don't know what you might step on in the woods that you don't want to step on, you become aware of that, right? And so you're protecting yourself as you move. And so it takes some practice. It takes some getting used to, and by all means just start, just start practicing as we go here, that you're reaching out with that foot, feeling, making sure it's safe, and then transferring your weight. Really explore how much your foot can sense, how much information can you get from your feet. Yeah, the more time we can spend barefoot, the better. Strengthen our feet, strengthen our ankles, get us grounded or earthed, as they say. And so really just exploring that, you know, how how much information can you get and, and what does it feel like? Contrast this with how you would normally walk. And as we're getting more and more comfortable with that, just keep doing it. We're just going to keep sort of circling around here. So stay within so you can hear me. Um, And we're going to add to this right so this is step one fox walking is step one And you can do this at any time on a beach in a forest in your home You know, it's a great process. It's a great way to both physically and mentally slow down You know the mind follows the body the mind is the body in many ways And so if you're feeling stressed or rushed just take a moment, right start to breathe deeper and really just slow down Give yourself that permission, right? And to this, step 2 is what we call wide angle vision or in, or using our peripheral vision. Most of the time we're very focused, right? We're very directed whether it's to a screen or whether it's to the road or whether it's to a person, or whether it's to our lunch or whatever it is, we're very focused. But we have this amazing vision that when you don't focus on anything in particular, you open up the whole 180 degrees of what's there right do a little experiment sort of if you were to put um like your hands beside like essentially put your hands beside your uh your eyes rather and as you slowly open at the moment that your hands disappear that's where you know is the limit of your sort of field of vision right so that's how much you want to be taking in when you're engaging in wide-angle vision And so now we're going to add this to our fox walking. So we're going to walk, and we're going to to unfocus the eyes, right? We're going to be looking up, looking around, but we're not focused. We're not looking down. Our feet are looking down for us, right? And we're we're seeing how much we can take in, right? How much can we take in? But see what that feels like, right? See what that feels like. Continue the fox walking, nice and slow, feeling with your foot and then unfocusing your eyes taking in all the colors all the trees all the grass whatever it is let it come into your to your vision and you might notice that you'll focus in on something and that's fine and then just relax it's similar in meditation we say when a thought pops up you know you can think of, you can focus on it for a second and then just let it pass same thing with this if something grabs your attention that's cool check it out see what it is and then move on but to be able to engage ourselves fully in this sort of a practice I mean you can imagine how good it is for the brain right to be able to have that sort of pathway into, and for the body to be able to move and trust and flow right so like I mean this is your first time doing this so I don't expect you to be a professional by any means right it takes time to practice Anybody else, anything that they noticed that was interesting or really stood out? I hear the insects. You could hear the insects. Yeah. And I didn't say anything about listening. No. Right? So but just that awareness. The, uh, again, it became more acute because I hadn't listened. Mmm. But now I can hear them. Beautiful. Maybe. Beautiful. Maybe. It is. It is. And then as we just continue this for a little bit longer. The next step that we would add to this to bring in more mindfulness is to coordinate our breathing with our moving, right? So we're fox walking, we're we're unfocusing the eyes, we're taking in the environment. And then see what sort of a count works for you. I like a three count or a four count of sort of three counts in, three counts hold, three counts out three counts hold. So it's what we call box breathing that you can coordinate with your movements. So, or maybe it's two in, hold, two out, hold, right? So as you step, you're maybe taking two in, hold, two out, hold, and in that, in that in that way we sync our breathing up with our movement to add one more level of mindful awareness. And box breathing itself has many benefits for relaxation and de-stressing. It's a great thing to practice if you're like, well, maybe not if you're driving. I do it when I'm driving, but uh, if you're just feeling stressed, you need to focus. Just having that 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 equal inhale time, hold full, exhale and hold empty. A common count is four. They train Japanese police officers and military personnel at a four four start. And you can work that up to like 30 seconds, if you can believe it, right? Why do you have to hold? I think it's just for that bit of a pause. And so you have the equal sides, because if you're just constantly inhaling and exhaling, it's kind of stressful. It kind of triggers like a stress reaction, right? But if you're able to relax, then everything relaxes with it. So just practice this for another minute or two, right? We're fox walking our vision is open, and our breathing is coordinated. And really just see how that feels. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to make it right or wrong, or, you know, uncomfortable or this is silly. Why am I doing this? It's just, it's, it's just an experiment. And very slowly, we're going to work our way back to our a seat in our little half circle there. So very slowly, staying with the fox walk, staying with the wide-eyed vision, just meandering your way back to our semicircle. So the last step would be, and how I was introduced to this process, would be you would go and find a place that we call your sit spot. right? It could be, I mean, if you live near here, this would be a great one. Um, But just a place, some place that calls to you out in nature for whatever reason. doesn't need a reason, just whatever calls to you. And you would go there after you've done this tuning in process and you would just sit, right? And you might have a question. Maybe something's been on your mind, on your heart that you haven't been able to get clarity around. Um, you may have a need, right? You might have some sort of, you know, healing you're asking for or a situation that really is 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 troublesome, right? You're looking for answers. You're looking for help. And that's a great time to hold that, right? To hold that close to your heart, close to your your chest, and to just observe, right? Because nature is always speaking to us. It might it might happen that it comes through another human being, right? But it might also happen that it comes through a tree or a bird or a bee or a butterfly or whatever it is. You know, there's infinite messengers, right? Nature's messengers are everywhere. And if we just slow down enough to tune in and appreciate that. Right, open up to the possibility that a bird might be coming to tell me something, or a butterfly might have an insight for me, then suddenly that becomes a potential, right? And suddenly life becomes a whole lot more magical and, uh, and just cool and fun and exciting, at least in my eyes. Um, so that's the process. That's the process. And it's, it's phenomenal if you can do it on a daily basis it is really really great as like a grounding anchoring tool part of your morning routine or your afternoon routine or lunch break or wherever it works for you. I would highly recommend that you try and you know, c- continue to deepen these tools. So you wouldn't necessarily do barefoot unless you're you know, doing your Wim Hof breathing beforehand. And want to do cold exposure. I mean, it's good for you. It's not easy, but it's good for you. Um, but I would say you know, bundle up, get comfortable. And then just do sort of the same process. If you're hardcore, you want to go barefoot in the wintertime, by all means, go for it. So barefoot shoes. And you can get more. The company, the shoes I have, there's a company called Vivo Barefoot. The toes aren't separate, but it's, it's a very similar feel inside. And they make an insulated version with a high top for the wintertime. So there are options. Um, I've seen like tactical boots that have a very similar like no heel, very tactile feel. So there are options, definitely. It's the, it's the most natural thing, right? Um, and I remember, and I didn't remember this until recently, but when I was a kid, I wore shoes most of the time outside. My parents said, put your shoes on before you go outside to play. And it's like, okay. But I remember one time at the park, another kid had his shoes off. And then all, suddenly all of us took our shoes off. And it was like the best thing ever because you can feel the sand and you had like this grip on the slide to walk up the slide. Right. It was incredible. And such a simple thing. Right. Such a simple thing. But, you know, like anything, if you're not exposed to it. Right. Then you're going to think it's weird. You know, people might look at you strange if you're walking with your shoes off and think, you know, that person's weird. But really, and and this is how I flip it. They're the weird ones. Right. We're doing what's natural. Yeah, we're doing what's natural. Right. Um, And it's always just a fun little social experiment right, to plant those seeds make people wonder right they see you out there with a smile like you know i want what they're on right (laughs) they look like they're having a good time Um, we've got a little bit of time left and i wanted to share just a little bit more i guess about where this comes from and how it all ties together Um, and for me it's come through uh, indigenous wisdom and learning how to learning how to understand and adopt more of an indigenous mindset Um, and i'm not trying to be you know like culturally appropriating anything here as human beings we were at one time or another indigenous to some place right most of us are immigrants here now but we're indigenous to the earth right as that sort of universal earthly family you have a question That's a good question that I'm not probably the best person to ask. I would imagine, I mean, people that are still in that traditional life way, you know, they're still doing hunting and trapping and fishing and all those, um, making fires. You know, they're still out there working with the elements every day, right? So some of the time I did spend on Manitoulin Island with some indigenous people, you know, every day they're going and pulling the fish line in and taking the fish off and putting it out and, you know, They're on the lake and they're walking around. So, which is also part of the whole indigenous mindset, right? And like really, really being with the seasons, right? Really being with the seasons and knowing that each season has a purpose and a sort of feel to it and a characteristic to it. You know, we're coming out of summer. It's sort of like late summer, early fall. This would be like harvest time, right? Everything's in full bloom. Our crops would be in full bloom. Um, getting ready for like Thanksgiving celebrations pretty soon and then preparing all that food storing it up preserving it you know pickling all that sort of stuff so you have it to tap into over the winter right so that's traditionally what would have been we would have been doing and you know we wouldn't have had calendars the way we have calendars we would have had the moon cycles for our calendars Um, and everything is so connected right it's so connected and it's so practical Like the more I learn about indigenous, quote unquote, indigenous spirituality, the more I'm grounded in the elements, right? Because it is very practical. It's all experiential based. It's not some idea that came from somewhere and someone wrote down in a book and then convinced other people of, you know, not to judge religious beliefs or anything like that. But there's a groundedness to it and there's a undeniability to like the truth of it and how real it is. That for me is just incredibly nourishing, right? And it's what, it's what fascinates me and makes me want to learn more and share more and teach more of these sort of principles and life ways. And um, the other thing, a point that I had here, learning how to live, right? Learning how to live. A lot of the prayers and the songs that I've picked up or experienced are about that, right? It's sort of praying, like, teach us how to live. Teach us how to live. Right? Because as humans, and we're in the midst of it right now, right? with this cultural and the expansion right, and the unsustainability. On the large scale, we've forgotten how to live. And many cultures would say, you know, we're actually stealing the future from the generations that haven't come yet, right? We're st- we're, we're, the way that we're living is, is stealing the future of those who haven't come yet. It's the whole seven generations thing, right? Seven back, seven forward, maintain that awareness that, you know, we're going to come and live and die. And after us, other people are going to come and live and die. And what sort of world are they going to have to inherit? Right? What are we going to leave them? How are we going to live in a way to leave something worth leaving? Right? That's a big question that I think all of us need to ask all the time. Continue to refine it, continue to to really drill down. It's not an easy question. And when our culture has all of this messaging around how you should live, right? And how you need to consume and be, you know, if you're not economically productive, you're useless. Right? And it's all this nonsense that's completely destructive to the human spirit. So to maintain that awareness, right? To maintain that awareness which comes from maintaining this connection right? The two are, are linked, right? The two are inextricably linked. Um, because when you recognize, you know, the natural world, you know, these trees, we might call our grandmothers or grandfathers, when you recognize yourself as part of the earthly family, then of course you're going to act with respect, right? Of course you're going to want to walk lightly, right? Tread softly, you know, and tend to it, right? Improve it, make the harvest better, right? How can I work so that the harvest next year is better, right? One of the sayings that I picked up from this last retreat I was on is that, you know, things should be done so that all our families grow stronger, so that all of our families grow stronger. And that's not just humans, right? That's the rock family. That's the tree family. That's the bees. That's the birds. That's the otters and the, you know, geese, like everybody, right? Everybody. Um... And I mean, you wouldn't be here if you hadn't, you know, experienced the opposite side of that, which is that most of us are getting a lot weaker, right? As humans, our resilience is really diminished, right? Again, tying back to the amount of stress we're under. It's hard to maintain vitality and resilience when you're disconnected and when you're plugged into the artificial world that's been created around us, right? So just things to think on, right? These are big topics, big questions that we don't have to answer right now, right? We have a lifetime to figure this stuff out, you know, God willing, a lifetime to figure this out, Um, but important questions, important questions and important things to really, you know, hold, hold close to our hearts Um, because I feel like, you know, when we're ready to leave, you know, as we're on the way out, we're not going to care about, you know, that promotion, or that car or that house necessarily we're going to care about you know the people we connected to the experiences we had the relationships we had and you know what sort of a a legacy or what sort of a message we're leaving right in the wake of our death there's going to be something right and that's a big wake that can have a lot of impact and so what is the quality of that going to be that's essentially what it comes down to And so that's what I would you know Um, Encourage, looking into, you know, being open to, exploring. Um, There's some really great resources on all of this stuff that I can share. I don't know, we can probably send an email to anyone who is registered um, with, if you're interested in in diving deeper to this stuff. Um, I'll just mention one person, Steven Jenkinson, Scarborough native, runs a school called Orphan Wisdom. Um, And I mean, if you hear him speak, he sounds like an indigenous elder. And he's a self-proclaimed white guy from scarborough and he runs his school and it's just incredible he wrote a book called die wise it's his most popular book die wise um and it's very very worthwhile checking his stuff out definitely um um just before we do wrap up i want to share one thing so this is the traditional thanksgiving address from the haudenosaunee people or the iroquois as we might know them right this is northeastern tribal communities that existed here for a long time. Um, And they have this beautiful, it's sort of a poem. um, And after each verse, everyone repeats, so I'll get all of you to repeat, and now our minds are one, right? That's sort of the refrain between the verses. So I'll just wrap up with this, we'll have like a minute of silence just to be with it, right, just feel the energy, feel what's sort of shifted there. And this comes from a book called Braiding Sweetgrass, which is a fantastic book. So, today we have gathered and we see that the cycles of life continue. We have been given the duty and responsibility to live in balance and harmony with each other and all living things. So now we bring our minds together as one as we give our greetings and our thanks to one another as people. And now our minds are one. We are all thankful to our mother, the earth, for she gives us all that we need for life. She supports our feet as we walk about upon her. It gives us joy that she continues to care for us as she has from the beginning of time. To our mother, we send our greetings and our thanks. And now our minds are one. We give thanks to all the waters of the world for quenching our thirst and providing us with strength. Water is life. We know its power in many forms waterfalls and rains, mists and streams, rivers and oceans. With one mind, we send our greetings and our thanks to the spirit of water. And now our minds are one. We turn our minds to all the fish life in the water. They were instructed to cleanse and purify the water. They also give themselves to us as food. We are grateful that we can still find pure water. So we turn now to the fish and send our greetings and our thanks. And now our minds are one. Now we turn toward the plants. As far as the eye can see, the plants grow, working many wonders. They sustain many life forms. With our minds gathered together, We give our thanks and look forward to seeing plant life continue for many generations to come. And now our minds are one. With one mind, we turn to honor and thank all the food plants we harvest from the garden. Since the beginning of time, the grains, vegetables, beans and berries have helped the people survive. Many other living things draw strength from them too. We gather all the plant foods together as one and send them our greetings and our thanks. And now our minds are one. Now we turn to all the medicine plants of the world. From the beginning they were instructed to take away sickness. They are always waiting and ready to heal us. We are happy there are still among us those special few who remember how to use these plants for healing. With one mind, we send our greetings and our thanks to the medicines and to the keepers of the medicines. And now our minds are one. We gather our minds together to send our greetings and our thanks to all the animal life in the world. They have many things to teach us as people. We are honored by them when they give up their lives so we may use their bodies as food for our people. We see them near our homes and in the deep forests. We are glad they are still here, and we pray that this will always be so. And now our minds are one. We now turn our thoughts to the trees. The earth has many families of trees who have their own instructions and uses. Some provide us with shelter and shade, others with fruit beauty, and other useful things. Many people of the world use a tree as a symbol of peace and strength. With one mind, we send our greetings and our thanks to the tree life. And now our minds are one. We put our minds together as one and thank all the birds who move and fly about over our heads. The Creator gave them beautiful songs. Each day they remind us to enjoy and appreciate life. The eagle was chosen to be their leader. To all the birds, from the smallest to the largest, we send our joyful greetings and thanks, and now our minds are one. We are all thankful to the powers we know as the Four Winds we hear their voices in the moving air as they refresh us and purify the air we breathe. They help us to bring the change of seasons. From the four directions they come, bringing us messages and giving us strength. With one mind, we send our greetings and our thanks to the four winds, and now our minds are one. Now we turn to the west, where our grandfathers, the thunders, live. With lightning and thundering voices, they bring with them the water that renews life. We bring our minds together as one to send our greetings and our thanks to our grandfathers, the thunders. Now our minds are one. We now send our greetings and our thanks to our eldest brother, the son. Each day, without fail, He travels the sky from east to west, bringing the light of a new day. He is the source of all the fires of life. With one mind, we send our greetings and our thanks to our brother, the sun. And now our minds are one. We put our minds together to give thanks to our oldest grandmother, the moon who lights the nighttime sky. She is the leader of woman all over the world and she governs the movement of the ocean tides. By her changing face, we measure time and it is the moon who watches over the arrival of children here on earth. With one mind, we send our greetings and our thanks to our grandmother, the moon. And now our minds are one. We give our thanks to the stars who are spread across the sky like jewels. We see them in the night, helping the moon to light the darkness and bringing dew to the gardens and growing things. When we travel at night, they guide us home. With our minds gathered together as one, we send our greetings and our thanks for the stars. And now our minds are one. We gather our minds together to consider the wisdom keepers who have come to help the people throughout the ages. When we forget how to live in harmony, they remind us of the way we were instructed to live. With one mind we send our greetings and our thanks to these caring teachers. And now our minds are one. Now we turn our thoughts to the Creator and send our greetings and thanks for all the gifts of creation. Everything we need to live a good life is here on this Mother Earth. For all the love that is around us, we gather our minds together as one and send our choicest words of greetings and thanks to the Creator. And now our minds are one. We have now arrived at the place where we end our words. Of all the things we have named, it is not our intention to leave anything out. If something has been forgotten, we leave it to each individual to send their greetings and their thanks in their own way. And now our minds are one. I pray that we may at all times keep our minds open to new ideas and shun dogma that we may grow in our understanding of the nature of all living beings and our connectedness with the natural world, that we may become ever more filled with generosity of spirit and true compassion and love for all life. I pray that we may learn the peace that comes with forgiving and the strength we gain in loving, that we may learn to take nothing for granted in this life, that we may learn to see and understand with our hearts that we may learn to join in our being thank you for listening my friends you know what to do if you appreciated this episode head on over to itunes give this a podcast a subscription a rating and a review it helps so much with getting more people to find the show to tune into the show and to potentially change their lives because of the information and the guests that we have on. So that would be so much appreciated. Until next time, love your life and keep redefining reality.
1: I'm lost in the like, lane. I pray for the night. Take me to take you to After so many words Still nothing's heard Don't know what we should do If someone could see me now Let them see you Was my greatest thrill just stood still You let me hold your hand Till I had my fill Even down the sheep Don't help me sleep I just tossed and turned Right there beside you So someone could see me now Let them see you Let them see you the hard things we oh, gotta do cause this life is long so you wouldn't be wrong